0: This segment of the show was sponsored by our friends at Golf Pride. In golf, light grip pressure releases power. Golf Pride engineered a secret that pros know. A larger lower hand encourages lighter pressure. Plus 4 technology is designed with four additional layers, which reduces tension in the lower hand to generate more power. Play Plus 4 and release the secret pros know. Now available on Tour Velvet. The winningest grip on Tour. Grip confidence. Grip Golf Pride. All right, now joining me here on the French Lick Resort guest line is Eva Rogers. Let me give you some background on Eva. She's from Rockledge, Florida, which is over near Merritt Island and Cocoa Beach on the East Coast. She played her college golf at West Texas A&M, where in 2010, she finished ninth in the NCAA Division II West Regional. She also finished tied for 24th at the Lone Star Conference Championship, and she was named to the National Golf Coaches Association Division II All-American Scholar Team. She earned her MBA in marketing management. She spent time as an assistant golf professional at PGA National in West Palm Beach. She moved from there to being an assistant at Lake Nona Golf and Country Club just outside of Orlando. She's currently a Class A teaching professional at one of the most historic courses in the country, Medina Country Club, which is just a little northwest of Chicago. She is also a certified U.S. kids golf coach, and I'm honored to have her with me tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Eva, thanks for coming on the show.
1: Hey, Chris, thank you for having me.
0: Eva, I want to start by going back to your time at West texas a and i A&M. I'm curious, how does a girl from the central part of Florida end up playing her college golf at West Texas A&M and in the panhandle of Texas?
1: <laughs> it was the coaches. It was the coach for sure. Um, I probably, that wouldn't have been my first choice, um, but the coach, solve it for me. And the school curriculum, I love business, and they were getting their, you know, um, curriculum under Harvard. So I was like, okay, well, I know they're going to be strict, and they're really going to be innovative in their business education. And um, my coach won me over. So she was young, she was a, a great player herself. And, you know, she was super enthusiastic, had just so much to offer, and I was like, you know what, this is going to be the perfect team for me.
0: And Eva, like I mentioned in your intro, at the 2010 West Regional, you placed ninth after rounds of uh, 76, 80, 79, one stroke from qualifying for nationals, but still a heck of a tournament. Talk about what you remember about that event.
1: It wasn't easy, but I I realized that relationship building is going to be huge for me, Um, especially being a female in a male dominant industry, you know, being able to brand yourself and expose what you're capable of offering to a facility is going to be huge. That's the first time you meet somebody. And I always, you know, put my, I always initiated conversations. I would reach out to the pros and I would ask them, you know, if they're looking for hires and, I, I feel like I would be an asset to your te- uh, team, and, you know, from there it's been able to build those relationships, and I've been able to prove myself at each facility. And from there, you know, then people start to reach out to me, and they're wondering, you know, hey, are you interested? And, and now I kind of have that upper hand right now to continue to build. Um, so now knowing that people know my success record, my success track, with what I've been doing on the instructional side is, is beneficial to clubs. It's just been an unbelievable experience.
0: Eva, you mentioned the pros, and there are a lot of PGA and LPGA tour players that live in and around Lake Nona. I got to imagine you ran into one or two of them out on the practice range. Who did you regularly see out there?
1: Um, I regularly saw Henrik, uh, Ian Poulter, Arnold, Chris, Graham McDowell, Gary Woodland, when he was still there, I saw, I, I saw them all, um, you know, I, I never thought when, when I grew up, Annika was, you know, the legend, and I always told myself, oh my gosh, you know, maybe one day I'll meet her, not knowing that I'd end up being a friend of hers, and her being a mentor to where, you know, if I need guidance, she's there for me, and I'm teaching, you know, these these tour players kids and I'm building true relationships with them, you know, outside of them just being a tour player, they, they've become my friends and that's, what's been, you know, really a, a wonderful experience and situation for me.
0: So that begs the question, what was it like sitting down with Annika storing and getting to talk with her, pick her brain a little bit and understand all the things that she was able to achieve over the course of her career.
1: <laughs> well, We don't necessarily go that much into it. Basically, when I created a new junior program at Lake Nona, I asked her if she would sit down with me like once a week or, you know, once a month or something and kind of go over, because she would kind of hang out and watch what's being done, and I would like for her to be a critic. I would love for her to give her feedback. So when we sat down, it was her giving her feedback to me, which I loved it because she was honest. And she saw it, and she knew that I could take her honesty because I was going to take her advice and run with it. And that's that's really helped me throughout the years is accepting, you know, the, the critiques from individuals who are experts and who have experienced, you know, junior golf at such a young age and have taken it to that next level. To offer that advice to me, this has helped me become a better coach to so many of my students.
0: So, Eva, what was it like trying to teach the children of great golfers? you know as as parents, we're not always good at sort of being hands off in the uh, instructional area we We tend to look at things and go, "Oh, I don't like that i I don't like the way you're teaching that. I wouldn't do that. Here's what I think you should do. What was it like teaching those kids?
1: It was not hard at all. Those parents dropped them off, they trusted me, and then they left and picked them up. Um, they saw the progress they were making, they saw that the kids were having fun and that they kept wanting to go back. Uh, mind you that these kids, you know, they they live, they, everything is golf. But a lot of the tour players that I had mentioned, they get their kids involved in other sports. And that's what was so important is they weren't pushing golf. I mean, these kids know so much about it, but they weren't just pushing it on them. They weren't trying to make them the best. They wanted them to be the best in the sport that they were going to be, you know, that they enjoyed. So I never had a problem at all with anybody saying, oh, you know, this, this is how you should do it or this way, because times have changed. And, you know, I, I really made it fun for them to where they're willing to come back and practice. And we know that the more you go back and practice, the better you're going to be rather than just going once a week and getting an hour lesson in. If you go, go to a couple clinics a week and compete against these kids, it, it's a it's a full developmental phase.
0: There are a couple of things there that I, I want to get into. So one of the things you talked about is the importance of playing multiple sports. And that's the thing that gets, I think is getting more and more lost is we have kids that focus on one sport and one sport only, you know, baseball's a big one, right? Kids get into playing baseball. They're into travel baseball. They live and breathe baseball. Talk about how utilizing skills versus in, in, uh, in multiple sports, why that's so important to helping them develop.
1: Times have definitely changed from when I was a kid where we would go out and, you know, we didn't really have all these video games and these iPads and computer stuff going on. We would go out and play kickball, tennis in the streets, tag, all these activities. And, and when we're kids, we start to build the hand-eye coordination, the balance, the speed, the power, the strength. And I think that's kind of missing now because more I've noticed more kids would rather go you know, be on their cell phone or be on their iPad than to go out and actually work or, or play outside. And so getting kids involved in other sports where it's more versatile, so they're getting, you know, like for soccer, for instance, a lot of the kids that I work with play soccer, and they love it. They're super fast. Their endurance and stamina is way more built up than the, the students that I work with who just play golf. Um, you could tell that their power is just at another level, even being a kid. Um, you know, I'm teaching kids that are young that may not be interested in other sports. I have to make sure that I'm still teaching the functionality, the development of, of a child's physical ability, um, hopping, jumping, skipping, sprinting, crawling. Um, you know, a lot of these kids, it, it it's foreign to them. And so I'm trying to expose them to that. And I feel the more active they get, you know, they're going to want to kind of become more interested in other sports, hopefully.
0: The other thing you mentioned is how you make it fun for them. How are you able to, with kids today, right, being into video games and their noses are deep in the phones, playing Xbox and PlayStation and all those sorts of things. How do you make the game fun for them and make them look forward to coming back and continuing to take lessons?
1: I love to challenge my students. Um I get on the same level as them, so my consequences are their consequences, and vice versa. if you know i I always love to participate with them um i- I want my kids to be better than me. they're always like,' oh eva i wish I wish I was just as good as you, and I always tell them i would I can't wait for you to be better than me, and that's important to motivate them knowing that they will become good players if they just keep working at it and wherever they want to take this sport but i love to be creative so you know during the summer program the kids i started working more on putting with them and they would admit it to me they'll be like oh we didn't score well because of putting well i was like you know what not everything's going to be perfect out on the golf course surface wise golf balls are fine but i'm going to challenge you know, challenge them. And one thing that I did was I actually grabbed fruit. I grabbed apples. I grabbed oranges. Um, I think, yeah, apples and oranges. And I basically had the kids putting as they were, typical putting, but putting with the fruit. And they were so determined to be able to put as well with fruit with the golf ball. And they, you know, it's those things, you know, it's giving them a goal in mind, like say, Hey, listen, um, I go I communicate a lot with the parents and I'll give them like practice plans and say, Hey, you know, I encourage your child, whether it's at home or whatnot, let's you know, let's try and put fifty six footers, try and make X amount this week and then get it better. Um, I reward the kids. Candy used to be a big thing and then I'm like, uh, oh, you know what? Most of these kids don't even have golf balls in their golf bag. I'm like, oh, you guys have golf balls and tees? And they're like, no. So now I reward them with golf balls. And I give them, like, colored golf balls, whatever kind that will get them motivated. So then they have their own golf balls. So then when it's time to come to practice, they grab their cutter right away and their own golf ball. And they love sharing the, oh, I got a SpongeBob golf ball. I got a Hulk. I mean, those things are exciting, and they love showing stuff off. Um. You know, I, I let them hit water balloons. Um, I, I make these weird targets for them to challenge them with different shots. It's just, you gotta be creative. If you keep having them hit, Oh, hit this target every single time, or you just use this club. Like I want my kids to try and hook a ball and, and try and do a punch shot with a pitching wedge. I mean, just to feel a little creativity and to see what they're capable of is huge because then they're like, Coach, Coach, Eva, look what I just did. I did it and, and nobody else has done it. And, you know, that's that's what I love giving these kids is that opportunity to succeed.
0: Eva, I want to switch gears a little bit and I want to talk about where you're at now at Medina. They've got three courses there on the property. It's it's played host to a Ryder Cup. It's played host to three U.S. Opens, two PGA Championships, one U.S. Senior Open, and three Western Opens, which, oh, by the way, back in the day, used to be a major. Talk about what it's like teaching there.
1: Well, when I first started <clears throat> two seasons ago, um, I went through, you know, the front gate and everything, drove through it, and I was just speechless. I was speechless of the clubhouse, just the surrounding area. I felt that I was in tradition. I felt that I was a part of something really special. Um, You know, you just kind of, when you go into those places every single day, it, it is always exciting driving through the gate. Always exciting. Um I, we keep it very traditional there as well for, you know, exposing the the background and what Medina has been built upon. And that's huge. Um, I mean, I, I love it. I love walking through the hallways and seeing the, you know, uh, replica trophies of all the tournaments that were there and seeing the winners and, you know, just seeing the tradition. It's, it's something really special, and a lot of clubs don't have that opportunity you know they they haven't had the opportunities we have, so i'm I'm definitely you know lucky to to go through those gates every day and be a part of a, a tradition.
0: with it being such a historic golf course, what are some of those legendary stories that people have shared with you so far that have really struck you and that maybe you' would like to tell other people about?
1: Well one the membership is a very welcoming membership. I absolutely love these members. They are very down to earth. They, you know what, story-wise, I haven't gotten into the stories much with them besides people showing me pictures of what courses were like before they were renovated, you know, Course three took down hundreds maybe thousands of trees in the renovations, and then seeing the pictures of what it was and you know we just did a a twenty twenty Medina you know uh renovation that was fifty plus million dollars and it's just been astounding to see the the changes and differences of this, but I mean where the teaching side was and where it is now the members are ecstatic about it and I think that's my biggest thing is is knowing that what me and the other golf instructors are doing for Medina is taking this membership to another level that they've never experienced before um, and that's huge.
0: Eva I want to get your thoughts on the growth of women's golf we've got the LPGA tour it's been doing really well over the last few years we had a great soul cup match that we saw just a couple of weeks ago the Symmetra Tour is developing great new talent. We've got the LPGA Legends Tour now going strong. The Augusta National Women's Amateur event was fantastic earlier this year. Talk about the state of women's golf.
1: I think it's, you know what, I my opinion behind this, I think it kind of goes up and down. It's like a roller, co- roller coaster, and I don't know if it depends on, you know, the players that are there, and then it changes, and then the players are, you know, not as good, and then they are good, and then they're not as good, but then they uh, like amazing players, you know, like Lydia Coe, and then the stuff Annika has done. But what I would like to see and would believe that it could change their growth for the LPGA, especially, is I think they should do match play tournaments. I think they should play more team really? events because it it's it's more it's exciting. I think they should have whether or not they pick teams or they pick, you know, so many tournaments and I don't know if it's based on rankings or whatnot, but I think there should be more team events. I it was just so exciting always to see the Solheim Cup, but look at the attendance that comes to those tournaments. And look at the PGA junior league. It's all about being a team. You have a team. And I think for women I think it's really exciting to see women dominate together, not against each other. So that is my opinion. Um, you know, that's just kind of been on my mind uh, for the last year is thinking how, you know, doing more team matches, would that grow the game more? I mean, the Solheim Cup is super successful, so why not? do things like that more. I mean, college tournaments are now doing yeah. math plays. They're, those are team events. I mean, I don't know.
0: So it seems like what you're saying is what we need is a version of the President's Cup over on the LPGA Tour. We've got the Solheim Cup, which is sort of like the Ryder Cup version, right, on the, on the LPGA Tour. But it seems like maybe what we need is to develop something like the President's Cup so we can sort of keep those team things going.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The First Lady tournament? Hey,
0: there you go. Did go. You have the color like radio it.
1: right? The first right? lady's <laughs> I like it. I God. love it. I think
0: that All would right. be a great idea. I do as well. Eva, just a couple of more before I let you go. And and one of the themes of tonight's show is here we are. It's uh, getting into fall and winter time. Temperatures are going to start getting cold. I'm sure it's getting cold up where you are near Chicago. It's starting to get a little colder down here in Atlanta. So, for those of us that that want to continue to play in in the cold weather, what is some of the uh, what are some of the tips that you give to the membership that want to do that and when it does get too darn cold to get out there, what are some things that we can do over the winter so that our games aren't completely rusted over when spring comes well
1: I'm a Floridian and I run from cold so it's so hard i still wear a jacket when it's 75 outside and people are like "Eva, like something's wrong with you and i'm like yeah something is wrong with me it's too cold so i mean i've (laughs) learned to properly layer and you have to get an unbelievable base layer one because if you have jackets you're not going to really be able to swing Fine gloves you know wear wear your winter gloves because you know when your hands are frozen and you hit that shot and it may not be good, you feel like your your fingers are gonna fall off um, and or just go into simulators nowadays the you know there are simulators everywhere um and and go play golf in the simulators, but I highly encourage getting some type of putting training aid that you have in your home and putt. there's so many online you can find putting um practice plans, whether or not you do it every day or every other day where you challenge yourself with that and that's something that I'm, you know, offering to some of the members is I'm working with a a putting um map company and they've been really generous and I'm trying to see, you know, hey, if if you get one of these maps, I will help you put an entire practice plan together. And I w wanna see if truly how developmental they get over the wintertime and just putting. Cause it's a, it's a movement, but we get, we stray away from that in the wintertime. Um, cause you're trying to get your last shot in with your driver. Um, I would say work on putting movement patterns. A lot of people start to focus more on what the golf ball does rather than what your body's doing, whether or not you're swinging weighted club or a speed stick or something. Go into your garage, go into your bedroom and just swing, feel movement, and, you know, exercising. Do functional movement training. I mean, if you don't swing, but you at least do movements relevant to a golf swing, your muscle memory will definitely stay there in the wintertime, even if you haven't hit a golf ball. It will take you one or two practice sessions before you start hitting great shots, and that's something that I've noticed for people in the winter if they do continuously do movement patterns relative to the golfing at the gym, it's like they haven't even stopped golfing.
0: Eva, before I let you go, let our listeners know, how can they stay up to date with all the great things you're doing and follow you, whether it's online or it's on social media?
1: Yeah, so please feel free. Anybody have questions or would like to talk, email me. My email is e R-O-G-E-R-S, at org. You can also you can also find me on Instagram at Eva underscore Rogers Golf. I'm on Facebook, you can type type me in at Eva Rogers as well. So, um honestly, I just Google and you'll probably see me.
0: Well, Eva, it sure has been a hoot having you as part of the show tonight. I hope you'll come back and join me sometime. A lot more things I'd love to get into with you, things going on up there at Medina, more playing lessons and the things that you're teaching with your students and your your junior players as well, and thoughts about what's going on in the game. But uh, I hope you'll come back and join me.
1: Absolutely, Chris. It was such a pleasure, and thank you so much.
0: Thanks, Eva. All the best to you and your family. I look forward to us catching up again soon.
1: Absolutely, Chris. It was such a pleasure, and thank you so much.
0: That's Eva Rogers, R-O-G-E-R-S, and Eva underscore Rogers Golf on Instagram. Follow her. Keep up to date with all the great things she's doing. Look forward to get her back on the show. Like I said, talk about more of the golf lessons that, uh, that we didn't get an opportunity to talk to you about tonight. Hear more about the great history and everything going on up there at Medina. She's a, an up-and-comer, folks, and uh, just a joy. That was That was absolutely fantastic. So please stay up to date with her, and we'll get her back on the show again real soon.